Welcome to the ITE Talks Transportation Podcast from the Institute of Transportation Engineers. Each month, we'll bring you conversations with thought leaders in transportation on the future of the industry. for joining us for another episode of the ITE Talks Transportation Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Wagenblast. Laura Chase has served as the president and CEO of ITS America since August of 2021. Prior to her appointment, she was the organization's chief operating officer. In those roles, Laura has promoted policies that advance the development and safe deployment of intelligent transportation technologies throughout the United States. In addition to that work, she's also leading an initiative in partnership with the Ray and WTS International called Mobility XX. One of the project's goals is to increase the number of women working in the transportation industry by 10% over the next decade. Laura, thanks so much for joining us on ITE Talks Transportation. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, very pleased to be here today. As I talked about a little in the introduction, we're going to be discussing the role of women in the transportation industry today. And this is a particularly timely topic for ITE, since this is our first podcast of 2022. And in 2022, for the first time in its more than 90-year history, the executive committee of ITE is comprised of three women. Why don't we start off by you laying the groundwork? Females currently comprise just 15% of the overall workforce, and those numbers are much lower, unfortunately, at the executive level. Could you explain to us why there's a critical need in the area for change, not just for the workforce, but so that the overall transportation system is improved? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I first want to start off just by congratulating ITE for leading by example. And I think, you know, one of the first things I just want to point out is, you know, this is not about quotas, right? This is about actually having making meaningful change. And so I really appreciate that that ITE is, you know, has the all-female executive committee and is leading by example. I'll start with, you know, why this is so important and why this matters. And really, to me, it's really tied to the fact that transportation is foundational to economic opportunity. It is a key connector for people everywhere to jobs, to healthcare, to education, to critical goods and services, and to just overall social interaction and well-being. And so when you think of it that way and you really realize how critical this transportation mobility sector is, you start to realize that women actually experience often a different transportation system than men. And there are inequities that they experience. And, you know, some examples of that are women spend more uh, for safe transportation than men. Um, This has been documented in certain studies, like New York City did a pink tax study um, showing that Women spent on average $26 to $50 per month more than men for safe transportation. You know, women lose more time using transportation systems than men because they are balancing work, home, and family trips. They're often trip chaining. They're taking trips um, in off-peak hours where they might have to wait longer for trains. They're having to trip chain multiple modes and trips together. And also, they often are limited in their choice of mode because, for example, maybe you're traveling with children in a stroller, maybe you're traveling with multiple packages. Many of us have been in that situation, both men and women, where it's just not tenable to take a certain mode if you are actually trying to carry people or goods, right? And so all of those things end up you know, reducing women's overall economic opportunity. 
And so because of these inequities that they face in the system. And so I think it's really important, like you said, not just for the workforce, but it's important in terms of the outcomes of the transportation system. You know, on the workforce side, it's just important because you really need those diverse perspectives and those diverse viewpoints um, because everybody's experience is different. And so you really, you know, we, we really believe that we need those diverse viewpoints in all areas, right, from entry level to manager level up to decision making levels in transportation so that everybody who is involved in planning the systems, you know, designing the systems and operating the systems is actually collecting much more broad experiences to make for better uh, services for everyone. It was just last year in 2021 that you became the president and CEO of ITS America. Why don't you tell us a bit about your career progression and how you became the top executive at ITS America? Sure. So, you know, I've spent my whole career in Washington, D.C., actually. Um, You know, early on, um, I worked in in politics and uh, I worked at the the Clinton White House ages ago and and then in the U.S. Department of Justice. Um, And then I went, it was working in trade associations um, for a while. I worked at at American Trucking Association and and U.S. Telecom. But, you know, then I actually, so I had my first kids, I had twins, Um, you know, and I come at a lot of this, right, uh, from the perspective of a working mother, but I, I had twins and I left the workforce for about 10 months, came back. I was able to come back because I had some flexibility in my role, which I will say at that time was not very common. You know, not, not certainly um, like some of the additional flexibilities that you do see today. And so I was able to have flexibility in my schedule. And so I came back to work. And then um, after my third child was born, I did return to work. But when she was an infant, about six months old, she really was, was not thriving. And so I ended up leaving the workforce uh, for a couple of years uh, to really focus on my family. And I will say, so when I, when I did come back, I was extremely fortunate. I used my network and I came back through a colleague. And so I was really fortunate because I was able to come back at a high enough level. A lot of times when women leave the workforce for a few years, if they're focusing on their family or, or other needs, they come back, they might have to come back at a lower level or they may not come back at the same level they left at. And I was actually able to come back in at a high level, which kind of set me up to be on the path that I'm on today. And so I was really fortunate to have uh, mentors and supporters um, in my network who made those opportunities possible. You know, and I will say I, I had, as, as every working parent does, I had to make, you know, some choices. There's, there's always a, a balance that swings right between um, focusing a little bit more, maybe on your career, a little bit, um, you know, more on your family. And I, I definitely put some more focus on my career to be able to advance it. And so I think that all of those factors really helped me in getting where I was today. So I came to ITS America. I've been at ITS America about seven years. Um, so you know, I think that I was extremely fortunate to have the support of our board and our leadership to be elevated to that top job uh, last fall. Um, I'm very grateful for that. And, uh, you know, I think that women everywhere should realize that there is always a path. And sometimes it's not a traditional path, but there is always a path to success and to um, the executive level. But you definitely need help along the way. And you definitely need mentors and supporters um, who are going to help you along that path. I'd like to ask you now a little bit about an initiative that you've taken a lead on, as well as ITS America, and ITE is also taking part in it. It's called the Mobility XX Pledge. Tell us a bit about what the organizations are doing and how they're participating, 
and the impact that you think and hope that this initiative is going to have on the transportation industry overall, please. Yeah, well, I'm really excited about this Mobility XX pledge. Um, we're asking organizations, both public sector and private sector organizations, to commit to taking action to increase the number and or influence of women in their organizations. We're focusing on women. We look at it as a funnel to overall diversity in the industry. There's actually a menu of 16 actions that companies can take. And I do want to mention that companies can create their own action, right? So if there's something that a company is doing that's really impactful, that's not on this list, we want to know about it and we want to highlight it. But some of the, the opportunities for companies to participate are committing to things like diversifying panels. You're in this industry. I am sure you have seen plenty of non-diverse panels. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's an old saying, uh, you need to see it to be it. Mm-hmm. And so for women and, and minorities everywhere that are in this industry, they need to see more women and people of color on panels speaking as experts. You know, that's one of the areas where companies who are um, interested in being a part of this pledge can focus. Um, another area is um, what we are calling accountability and collaboration partnerships. And this is where, you know, if you are an agency that is contracting with, you know, community groups or other groups, you know, you have the ability to put in some parameters to lead by example, right? So you can be seeking out women-owned firms. You can be seeking out minority-owned firms. You can be seeking out a more diverse, you know, voices and companies to be participating in your work. You know, another area which, you know, many companies um, and organizations already look at is increasing the number of females in your executive ranks or on your board. And so we have a, we have a action item that is to increase that by 10%. You know, I'm really pleased ITS America has been able to increase the number of women on our board by 10%. So that's, you know, incredible, a great accomplishment. And we hope that others will do the same. And then another area I just mentioned is you know, to rethink recruiting. So one of the reasons I think that has been documented that it's hard to attract women and minority candidates to this transportation industry is because the perception of the industry, it doesn't have a communal perception. In other words, it doesn't have a perception of being something that is you know, impacting society in a positive way. And if you go back to what I said at the very beginning about how transportation is so fundamental to opportunity, um, the irony is that this industry couldn't be more tied to societal good, right? And communal mm-hmm. good. But that's not really how we talk about our work. And that's also not how it's perceived. So making sure that, you know, not only are you looking in different places as you're recruiting, right? Don't just look at the same places that you've looked at in the past, but also talk about it in a different way. Talk about the work that we're doing in a way that really ties to community goals. So I will say, and then finally on the impact, I would say a couple of things. You know, what I personally would love to see is I would love for women to start to see our industry as a place where they not only belong, but where they can also thrive in a career, mm-hmm. you know, and I also, of course, want to see uh, on the outcome sides, you know, I think that having this diversity and bringing these different perspectives in will create more space for problem solving, more creativity, more innovation, you know, which will lead to better outcomes for women everywhere. And I've said this before, and, you know, I just think it's very true, but when you lift women, you lift families and you lift communities. And I just don't think you can get a better outcome than that. For someone listening to this who would like to learn a little bit more about the Mobility XX Pledge, where might they go to find out more information and how they can participate? Uh, We have a website. It's uh, mobilityxx.org. 
And all of the information is on the website. So I would encourage people to visit the website and please join us. We'll be back with more from Laura Chase of ITS America after this brief break. Do you want to reach more than 16,000 transportation professionals? Podcasts like this one are a great way to reach a dedicated audience of listeners. Sponsoring an ITE podcast is a cost-effective way to gain exposure and build brand awareness. ITE offers podcasts on key issues like mobility as a service, safety, connected and automated vehicles, and transportation systems management and operations, ensuring your message is heard by the right people. For more information, contact Tima Good at tima.good at the ygsgroup.com. That's T-I-M-A dot G-O-O-D at the ygsgroup.com. I want to shift the focus now a little bit away from women in transportation to ITS America. Could you tell us a bit about the current focus of your organization and what are some of the near-term goals and initiatives for the organization that you're hoping to achieve? ITS America, for those who don't know, you know, we represent the public sector, the private sector, research and academia, all centered around our vision of a better future transformed by intelligent mobility, one that is safer, greener, and smarter. And basically what that means is that we support deploying technology in the transportation system to achieve these goals, you know, safer mobility, cleaner, and more accessible mobility for all. Given that we have this new bipartisan infrastructure law, So we'll call it the bipartisan infrastructure law for this conversation. (laughs) There's a lot of different names. So one of our key focuses is really making sure that technology is integrated into this new law. So under many of the programs, ITS and transportation mobility technologies are eligible for funding, but they're not required to be deployed. So ITS America is advocating for these technologies to be a part of the formula and discretionary grant programs. One thing I want to clarify, you know, is of course we support the deployment of technology, but we recognize technology is not the only answer in order to create these outcomes for our system, the safer, greener, smarter, you know, more equitable transportation system. But it is a key tool in achieving that vision. And, you know, I think we've seen over the past two years, especially, that technology can allow these large transportation systems to be more nimble, to adapt to change, and to really be prepared for the future. So with this historic investment, we really believe that starting with the needs of communities and looking at how technology can be an enabler to provide those solutions is a key. That's one area, and I would say sort of our our nearest term focus. Of course, in conjunction with that, we strongly support passing the Build Back Better Act, um, which provides tax incentives for EVs, sustainable technologies, more funding for transit and promotes mobility and access for communities that are underserved. So we we support a lot of the provisions in the Build Back Better Act. So outside of of the the current law and legislative cycle, another goal that we have is we continue to advance a federal framework for AVs. We've talked in the past, people talked a lot about, obviously AVs do have safety benefits, but um, when we talk about AVs, we really need to remember that they have a potential to serve people with disabilities, our increasingly aging population, you know, those who live in, you know, food deserts or don't have good access to public transit. You know, I think if we can look at AVs from the perspective of how they can contribute to a more inclusive economy and help work toward equity for communities who have not had access or have had very limited access, I think that's a real key component. And that's something that ITS America 
is focused on this year. And then one more priority I will mention is, you know, the future of V to X, right? So vehicle to everything communications, you know, so I just America and Ashto have appealed the FCC decision to give away a majority of the safety spectrum. That lawsuit is ongoing. And and in parallel with that, we are working with our members um, to evaluate deploying VDX in a limited spectrum environment and determine, you know, what connected vehicles technologies do we need to promote in parallel with the efforts that we have undertaken uh, with the FCC. So that, you know, continues to remain a key issue for us. ITE and ITS America have had a long history of working together collaboratively. Uh, Initiatives like the National Operations Center of Excellence and the Cooperative Automated Transportation Coalition are just two of them. We know that working together collaboratively multiplies the stakeholder organizations and what they can accomplish alone. What opportunities do you see for increased and more effective stakeholder collaboration in our industry? Well, so I will first say that I agree with you 100% that collaboration multiplies our impact, but especially in today's connected world, you know, as as we all know, transportation doesn't stop at the border of a city or a state, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not only collaboration, you know, between public and private sectors, but also that collaboration among different types of public sector agencies we find so critical, especially as we're looking at investing these billions of dollars in our systems. You know, I think that, that, like you said, expanded engagement um, among organizations, Partner organizations and community groups is going to be key to ensuring that, you know, we're looking at user-based solutions to benefit communities. And each partner agency has a critical role to play in this implementation. In terms of additional opportunities, I think there's opportunity for increased collaboration on cybersecurity. Um, You know, the safeguarding of our transportation system is, is top of mind for everyone. And it cannot be done by one single sector. It really, truly is going to require collaboration and many people coming to the table to ensure that. You know, additionally, I, I want to mention sort of the global collaboration. You know, ITS America, as you know, we work very closely with international partners, Artico and ITS Asia Pacific. And I think that global cooperation and collaboration is, you know, increasingly important. You know, we are all facing similar challenges um, regarding the increasing digitalization of transportation systems, and we learn from each other. And so, you know, I think that, that that's an area where I think increased collaboration is, is not only smart, but needed. And we uh, are very excited to host the global community this September in Los Angeles as we host the ITS World Congress in uh, September 18th to 22 in LA. So we're really looking forward to, you know, hosting those discussions and providing that forum for increased collaboration and cooperation. Well, it certainly sounds like you've got a a very busy agenda ahead of you in 2022 between some of the initiatives that you have in the short term, as well as hosting the ITS World Congress. It's certainly going to keep you busy, but I very much appreciate you taking the time out today to just chat with us and tell us a little bit about the Mobility XX pledge, as well as what's going on with ITS America. We've been talking with Laura Chase, the president and CEO of ITS America. Laura, thanks so much for chatting with us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.